as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Record number in cash for highways and other road infrastructure improvements coming to the Rio Grande Valley from the Unified Metropolitan Planning Organization of the RGV. Andrew Cannon joining us in the studio. 2.5 billion bucks for, for traffic money, for, for highway money. So, Last time we spoke with you, I heard it was like over a billion dollars, right? The last time that yes. we did? Yes. Two and a half, man, record number for us. Two and a half billion. Uh, How do we uh, land this number? It's such a big number. Well, I mean, a lot of factors went into it. Uh, obviously, the merging of the MPOs definitely showed incentive to the state that they were looking for from the leadership in the Valley. Um, our legislative uh, folks, you know, having uh, Terry Canales, the representative as the chairman of transportation committee, certainly helps. We still have Armando Martinez on transportation. That helps. I think some unification of the elected officials on presenting a story of the importance to the Rio Grande Valley to Austin definitely helps our growth. I mean, I think this is really a, a time of awakening for us here in the Valley in the way of transportation and other funding. Um, maybe we're finally going to start getting the recognition that the Valley deserves to have and here, here. has been overlooked for quite some time. What comes to mind as far as top projects that need to be taken care of first? Oh, well, I mean, we're pretty excited. Some of the top projects, I mean, of course, you know, we got fully funded uh, I-69 north of Edinburgh all the way up to the county line. So 281 mm -hmm. yeah, here over the next couple of years, they're going to start on that, and that'll be built out to interstate standards. And we know that that's good for commerce. We we know that that's good for safety and mobility, moving trucks in and out of the valley. Uh, we take out all those uh, intersections that we have at being at street level with 281 going north with the farms and everything. Uh, nobody wants to impede them, but we certainly want to move that high-speed traffic away. So that's great. Um, Looking at a lot of overpasses then. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, that, definitely. Right? You know, yeah. something to separate them so we don't have any incidents and that happening. So that's that's huge. That's a huge amount of money yeah. uh, that would have proved to move forward there. And we've got, a, you know, other local projects that we're hoping to get uh, funded and taken care of. Ten for two and a half billion dollars for Rio Grande Valley construction for highways, road infrastructure improvement. In the studio here at KURV from the Rio Grande Valley Metropolitan Planning Organization, Andrew Cannon. Yeah, so Mr. Cannon, you talk about I-69C, the improvements there. I think I saw money also for, you know, just the continued upgrades for I-69E that will eventually get interstate status all the way from Brownsville to Corpus as well. From uh, yes, that's uh, I think all of that's taken care of. There may be a couple of small gaps on that, but for the most part, yeah, I think that's all ready to go. Uh, that project's all environmentally cleared, uh, has been for some time, and that's definitely at the forefront of the concern because of the commerce that we have in and out of the Brownsville area as well. So, yeah, and more local projects. Um, one project that seemed to rise to the top State Highway 32 East Loop, Cameron County. Can you talk about that? You know, that's that? a really great project, it's not fully funded. Um, 
tech stock commission has put some additional monies on there. I was trying to pull my notes up uh, on that project, and that project is important. It's going to be, a, um, I believe it's an overweight corridor that goes from the Veterans Bridge all the way out to the port. Uh, so that's going to be important for international commerce. It's not fully funded. Uh, they have put some money on it to show the um, importance of the project, of course, to the region when moving freight. And that's one of the two big ones that they did because we also have some money that they put on the International Bridge Trade Corridor, the IBTC, which is an RMA project. But it comes out of far over eastward, picks up from the Donna Bridge, and then curves around northward and will connect with Interstate 2. Um, that that project is important for the entire region because it impacts everything from Mission all the way over to, you know, Westlaco area with moving uh, truck traffic out of the area. And they would no longer have to drive through far. Uh, that would provide them a high-speed uh, sort of interstate-type facility, uh, grade-separated as we call it. But it would separate the trucks from the city traffic and get them on the Interstate 2 even faster so they can select the way that they want to get out of the valley or into the valley and do it do it safer. That's the Hidalgo County Loop project. Uh, it's part of the Hidalgo of County that. Loop project. Absolutely, yeah. that's it. That's it exactly. Any money at all to uh, move forward on a second causeway? Not at this time. Um, Cameron County is putting forward some money. Uh, Judge Trevino and Pete Sepulveda over there uh, really doing some great work. I believe that the county is going to be forwarding or fronting uh, their own money to try to wrap up the environmental process on that. Uh, and they're hopeful that in doing so that, of course, we show that local commitment that they're continuously looking for so we can see what we can do to try to um, motivate someone in swinging some more money down here for that second causeway project because that's an important one that was moving forward until the governor unfortunately changed his mind about toll roads. That's right. Did the Biden administration's... Um Infrastructure Improvements Act. Did that lend any money to uh, to this unified transportation program at all? Absolutely, it it, it did. Um, you know, two point five billion dollars. It just doesn't fall from the sky. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, a combination of what came out of the uh, bill uh, from the Biden administration and a combination of what's happened up in Austin. You know, it's really good for us all the way. I you know, I don't like name dropping, but I would also say that Vicente Gonzalez. Uh, the congressman has done a lot down here to try to secure some projects for us and f some funding for things. So I think that's been very important, too. I mean, you know, I, I don't care how they recognize the importance of the valley as long as they recognize the importance of the valley. And I think that's starting to happen more and more. With this new unified voice, the RGV Metropolitan Planning Organization, uh, Andrew Cannon uh, with the organization and studio here at KURV. We're talking about $2.5 billion, more highway money and road infrastructure money for our area, Cameron County and Hidalgo County. Uh, what is it going to take as maybe this new voice, this new unified voice, try to convince San Antonio, Corpus, north of us, especially San Antonio, to give us a straight shot all the way up to 30, 37, right? Is it 30, Highway 37. We got all these little towns on the way that slow down the, the, the trucks. Well, you know, TxDOT's working on it. As you know, they're doing the uh, bypass in Premont. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's moving forward. So, I mean, it's going to be in segments that you – I mean, I was trying to pull up my numbers. I can't get my darn phone to work. It must be too early for me. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's incredibly expensive. I mean, we're spending well over $100 million just for this segment here in Hidalgo County, going to the Hidalgo County line to yeah. build that out the yeah. interstate. So then when you take into account that we have the checkpoint, so you've got to be at grade with that. You've got to get everybody down to that, and then you bring them out of there. Uh, we already have the 
overpass, if you will, and foul. So you're able to move there 70 miles an hour all the way through there. Uh, a little bit at grade, and then you've got the bypass that will open up, um, I think, probably in the next year for around Premont. Mm. Uh, but I'm with you. So it's getting yeah. that direct connect- connectivity all the way up to 37. Uh, I think they're looking at, and uh, they know it's important. So it's just a matter of finding the money. It was uh, Pete Pete Sepulveda who was brainstorming that the other day with us. He was thinking, I'm trying to remember the, the town. It's not... Uh yeah, it is uh, George West. Yeah, because Three Rivers would be the last one before 37. Yeah. Yeah, ben Bolt's be, already taken care yeah, of. George right West here. is where 59 is, so it would connect directly yeah, with the other I-69W. He was saying George West probably would be the more intelligent choice to finally make some type of over, I, overpass I or something Because like it's a short distance from yeah. you know uh, 281 over to where yeah. 37 is in George West. Right. So I got about 30 seconds left. No so problem. you show up and you got 2.5 billion bucks. Are we going to hear something like this on a yearly basis or are we set for several years now where it's going to be a while before we hear, hear about another big influx of, of this money? This plan, what we call our UTP, is a 10-year plan and we update it annually. So okay. it'll be exciting to so see. So we're not going to see it for 10 years? Well, I mean, the funding is uh, set for 10 years, but then we come back in another year and we look at it. It goes in a 10-year block. So okay. this one is going from 23 to 32 and then next year we'll start working on the 24 to 33 and we'll continue to see if the uh, uh, everybody gives us the importance and the funding that we need to continue to grow and move forward thanks for the update brother andrew cannon with the rio grande valley metropolitan planning organization You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids. To running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news. And to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. We're calling our sheriff in Hidalgo County. we got lots to talk about from Operation Stroden Garden to the high volume at the jail and even stash houses helping out Border Patrol. Hidalgo County Sheriff Eddie Guetta is our guest. Let's start with Border Patrol. Sheriff, welcome back to KURV. The sheriff's office, uh, you guys do help uh, Border Patrol if and when needed, right, to patrol the border? Uh, that's correct, uh, Sergio. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Um, we... Um we do get a, uh, a a grant from the federal government to uh, called Operation Stone Garden, which you just mentioned. And our primary responsi- responsibility on that grant is to uh, to assist our federal partners in in uh, securing the uh, the border. So, um, every day, we have uh, deputies that are paying that are being paid for by that grant to uh, to assist uh, Border Patrol uh, in their mission. Ballpark figure, Sheriff. Of the of the day's work, the volume of work in any given day, how much of that for your deputies would you say, percentage wise, is is taken up by helping out border patrol? Everything from responding to um, you know something on the highway to stash houses. 
what would you say, what, uh, yeah. one-fourth of the calls, half the calls? How busy are you because of border issues and helping out Border Patrol? So the the the, the deputies are, are assigned full-time. Uh, uh, you know, they're... they're um, you know, there there are four deputies, one supervisor that are strictly answering those calls, okay. uh, uh, and that have any board related uh, uh, nexus to it, uh, or we uh, we partner up with uh, with Border Patrol and, and uh, dismantling the uh, the human stash stash houses. Yeah. So uh, we don't we don't, um, and of course, you know, we get those calls uh, out in, out in the um, the. the uh, the breast country to go uh, do rescues and that ties up uh, a lot of resources so sometimes we've got to we've got to supplement those those resources with uh with steady state uh, deputies when we speak with border patrol they tell us that they have seen an increase in stash houses and what prompted our call to you was dps saying they're increasing the reward for people who call in and report uh, the location of, of a stash house are uh, can you confirm an increase in in the volume of stash houses because of the increase in in human traffic uh, crossing illegally? And are they all over the place or relegated to a certain portion of the county, like maybe the, the western portion of Hidalgo County? Well, as, as far as the uh, the frequency uh, currently, right now we are seeing a decrease in res- in response to uh, to stash houses. You know, we're coming off the summer months. And uh, so we have a uh, a lower amount of, uh, of bodies that are that are crossing. I'm talking about the bodies that do not want to get um, do not want to get caught, and they're going to transverse the um, yeah. the border checkpoint. So um, uh, you know, we went from you we went from from you know helping out border patrol, I guess you know from every day to every other day to about uh, twice a week now. As far as on the stash houses, but I I, uh, I expect that to um, to come up considerably uh, here in the next uh, in the next couple of months. All right, uh, that... so we'll, we'll be back we'll All be right. back responding to those stash houses. As far as the um, you know the governor's initiative uh, increasing the um, the reward money, uh, you know I, I encourage um, you know, all our citizens. You know they they see something you know uh, say something. Here's an opportunity to. Uh, to remain anonymous and um, and and get rewarded for it, you know. Our Hidalgo County Sheriff Eddie Guetta joining us on KURV. Yeah, Sheriff Tim Sullivan here. So you've been expressing concern of late as well um, of the lack of space in the Hidalgo County Jail. So many inmates having to be transferred to other jails. How many jails do you have partnerships with that can takes take inmates from Hidalgo County? So currently, I have a, a memorandum of understanding with um, uh, three county sheriffs, and and we have one uh, contract with a private prison. However, uh, one of the uh, county sheriffs is not currently not taking uh, inmates, which is a Cameron County sheriff. Um, we um, and then we we uh, supply um, uh, deputies or send deputies to Star County and Jamal County. And then a private prison uh, in uh, in Brooks County. Are you? So, uh, yeah. Do you think you're getting to the point where you go before commissioner's court and uh, ask for some money to expand the jail, which would likely be a significant amount of money? 
So uh, we are currently in negotiations with Willisie County to either purchase That's right. or lease a um, a facility that the uh, that that Willisie County owns that is currently uh, empty. Yeah. It was a um, it was being run by a for profit uh, corporation uh, housing uh, uh, federal inmates, and when um, this new administration. In Washington took over. I think one of his promises was to, uh, to stop contracting with uh, private prisons. So uh, they pulled all those inmates out of that uh, that facility. So it's an opportunity. It's it's uh, it's a win win for both um, you know Hidalgo County and Willisie County to to uh, get you know people in that county uh, back uh, employed. And um, right. And we're looking uh, we're looking to uh, either lease. Uh, or buy that uh, facility, and those those uh, those uh, talks are are currently at a fast pace. Was that the big right tent now. jail, Tim? No, that, no, no. It's another um, facility. Yeah. So, sheriff, can you kind of give a an update on the status of the negotiations? How close are you to uh, getting something done here? So, so um, um, you know, they're they're, they're still in, in, in talks on them. On the uh, negotiations, we uh, we just uh, we hired an appraiser to go and, and do an appraise an appraisement of uh, of the uh, of the property. And currently, uh, this last week, I'm sorry, last week we took a um, a building inspector that the county um, uh, procured, and it's going to take him a while to go through the um, go through the facility and and basically tell us uh, what is functioning. And uh, what what areas will oh, need uh, will need uh, some, um, some improvements? And we're talking, you know, the um, the HVAC system, the uh, the doors, the generators. Yeah. One thing that uh, that that they're going to be county prisoners, so they have to be. Um, the facility has to meet uh, uh, Texas uh, jail standards. So uh, it's got to have a gener- generator that operates the facility full time. Uh, uh, air condition and 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 all the uh, the electrical uh, necessities of, of the jail and currently it, it does not it only has one generator and it will not um, it will not uh, arm uh, run run the AC so we're we're, we're going to have to do some improvements so uh, that that inspector is going to give us a report basically on the cost and that's that's uh, that's uh, needed in order to determine. Um, what, um, what, what value for, it, see, uh, when can, the, the least value of yeah. the, or the, uh, the purchase. I've got plan. less than a minute, uh, Sheriff. Uh, the ex- expense of upgrades, would that be at county expense or, or the uh, the person trying to lease this facility to county? Do you know? No, that would be a county expense. Okay. And uh, for the $5,000 reward for reporting a stash house, as simple as calling 911 or do you need to call a special Crime Stoppers type of line with DPS? Do you know? It, it's a special Crime Stoppers uh, line for DPS. And uh, they will send their uh, their uh, special agents to follow up on the on the tip. All right. Also call my crime stoppers hotline, and they'll refer Report. over. They'll refer over to them. All right. Thank you, sheriff. Thank you, sheriff. All right, Hidalgo County Sheriff Eddie Gavin. Your Houston Astros play here. And he drives this one up the middle. That's a base hit. Catch Astros baseball action all season long on News Talk 710 KURV. Deep to left field. Kiss it goodbye. 
every hit, every home run. First pitch, and he drives it. Left field. Good one. It's out of here. Astros baseball is powered by F&T Valley Motorsports, Riverside Development Services, MissionIncredible.com, and News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. In the event there's a tropical system in the Gulf of Mexico turning this way, you want to keep it tuned to 710 KURV. Stay informed during hurricane season. Tropical coverage 2022 on air and online at KURV.com. Made possible by Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC, Vega Roofing, McAfee Insurance, and Elephant Building Materials. Ramiro Garza is our mayor in Edinburgh. I understand that uh, you guys at City Hall uh, had a meeting. You guys were talking about giving us a few extra pennies to you know take out of our pocket and lose at the parking lot at HEB and Walmart. So what's the latest on that effort to lower the tax rate, Mayor? Yes, sir. Good morning, Sergio. Good morning, sir. Uh, yeah, so we had a meeting yesterday. I want to thank our city council that supported uh, the effort to lower our tax rate by $0.04. Cents. I I've been telling everybody, you know, we, we as elected officials, uh, we have one, uh, you know, main job, right? And that's to adopt a budget every year. And so we're in the process of that. And part of adopting the budget is we had to set a tax rate. And um, here in the city of Edinburgh, we've been growing quite a bit. We've been blessed with, you know, so many new uh, development opportunities. And um, I just felt it was uh, time to give back, you know, to our community some relief. Um, it's a four cent uh, decrease from the uh, uh, previous uh, rate of 68 cents, and so it will now be at 64 cents. Uh, while those may be four pennies, uh, they do add up uh, for depending on the value of your home. Uh-huh. So this is for all our residents that own property in Edinburgh, uh, residents or a business. And so this is the first time that uh, this rate has been lowered since 1996. So there hasn't been a re- reduction in a tax rate. It's been maintained, I think, for over 20 years at about 63 and a half cents. And then I think in 2019, it was raised to 68 cents. So I-, I wanted to make sure we give that back to our residents because we've been growing so much. And, you know, with the increased cost of living um, and inflation, I-, I just thought it was important for us to provide some relief. All right. The quick question would be why? Mayor, I, I know you said it pro- times are good, but did anybody show up to that meeting last night and say, where are we going to get all this money? Uh, you're going to come back and give us an even bigger tax hike in the future, six cents, eight cents, something like that. Did anybody attend this meeting last night talking about the tax rate? We, we had a couple of people uh, that, uh, you know, talked about the tax rate. Um, obviously, one wanted us to, to do more of a relief uh, than the four cents. And another one was just grateful that we're providing the relief, but they'd want to make sure we continue with our city services. And that's the one thing, I, I think that's a good question, right? That it's about, all right, we're reducing our tax rate, but uh, are we reducing our services? And the answer is no. In fact, we're actually maintaining and strengthening them. Um, you know, I, I've been fortunate, said he would, you know, I've been city manager before, so I understand the budget process very well. And how I describe it is it's a matter of priorities, <laughs> right? And, and so you have, uh, you know, a new slate of, of, of budget to work with to uh, and, and approve. And so it's just a matter of priorities. And so we went through a, a very uh, extensive process. We started in May and looking at all our needs and looking at our projections. Um, and, 
you know, I would not propose any kind of decrease if I felt that it was going to affect their services. So um, I think how we're able to do that is because we're uh, growing substantially. In the last three years, our assessed valuations have grown citywide by 30%. Yeah. 30%. Yeah. Edinburgh now has $8 billion in assessed valuations, right? Just $6 billion, uh, three years ago. So it, it's, it's quite a bit of growth. And yes, we need all those funds, right, to address our needs. But our proposed budget does uh, uh, make sure that we take care of not only of our residents, but also of employees. We're including some uh, increases in pay for employees as well. Ramiro Gassa, our mayor in Edinburgh, and I hear the argument from that one individual said, yeah, we need more than that because you touched on it. Valuations through the roof over the past several years. Where, where we need to better control and to tap the brakes would be, uh, some would argue, at the appraisal district where, you know, just the, the numbers have been skyrocketing. Some people don't do anything to their homes, and all of a sudden it's like the numbers go through the roof when it comes to how much the value of their home is, property is, before rent is due to the city or to the county. Might there be another tax decrease in the near future, or that's it? Well, obviously we have to uh, – it's all subject to our – Right uh, funds that are available and and the conditions right of the of the market, so we'll see. Um, I think at this point we're taking it. Obviously, we have to one year at a time. Um, right now, based on the information we have before us and and the rates and everything, um, that that's I I think what we're proposing. But what's going to happen in the future just depends. Uh, we have a lot of needs in our city, mm-hmm. and but I'm very grateful to the council for supporting this initiative because um, it's a great start. Um, and again, not having a tax rate reduction since 1996, I think this is big. Yeah, and, it's been a long uh, time. It's a very, very good start. Uh, and um, again, we're going to keep an eye on on the you know economic conditions. Uh, although, just taking a real good, just I mean, uh, look at just the numbers, some permits being issued, I, I don't see a slowing down. I mean, mm-hmm. we have over 60 subdivisions under development construction in Edinburgh today. And it's um, unprecedented type growth. Six so six zero. We're having to make sure we we cater to that growth. Six yeah. zero subdivisions. Sixty that are there. Yes, we sir. got we got six hammers flying. Zero. We got hammers Under flying. Construction right now. My goodness, I mean that's crazy. And that's over four thousand lots, I believe. And so, you know, we're keeping. If anybody's interested, uh, y'all, I know you, you're in front of your computer. Go to our website. Go under GIS map. And you can click on layers. We've actually put this all online. So any information I have available, you have available. Any resident, anybody, you could click on there, and it shows you the GIS map of where all those subdivisions are under construction and those that are under design. We have another 20 under design going through the process right right now. I've never heard And so you like could it. click on those layers, and it will show you in sh- uh, color shade of you know, where they're located, where – and so it's a good planning tool, and it's a good way for folks to keep up on – what's going on here in our city. Ramiro Gassa, our mayor for Edinburgh, also an expert when it comes to economic development issues since he was EDC director for Edinburgh for such a long time. Final question as I let you go, uh, Mayor, on the EDC side, economic development, with the university, of course, being a big driver of the economy, three years, less than three years and counting for kickoff for Vaquero football. Are there talks taking place between city, university, or anybody to set up that big stadium that the Vaqueros will need in Edinburgh, somewhere in Edinburgh? So there has been talks. I, I, I can't get into the specifics right now, but I know there is some serious discussions. And, you know, we're obviously 
uh, in direct communications to make sure they have all the information they need. As you can imagine, from the city standpoint, it's our part is infrastructure, right? How do we make sure that uh, you know where this is held is uh, safe and that it's accessible and and uh, it's improved upon, okay. right? Uh, to get there and those things. So we're working, you know, with the university and others on that, and uh, we definitely look forward to it. Okay. But I, uh, it's safe I think to it's say, great for our region. It's great for, for everybody. Yes, sir. It's safe to say you want it. You want it for Edinburgh, yes, at Edinburgh. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, you know, we have the facilities. We have the, uh, you know, I, I think we have um, what I think the university needs in terms of bringing uh, the university to a um, yeah, collegiate life type yeah. thing, right? Can I mean, you, you have the students, wow. you have... The, the college atmosphere, uh, you know, even though we'll be here in Edinburgh, I think the whole region, we all benefit. And I think I'm looking forward to holding hands with our neighbors yeah. and making sure that it is successful. No, the reason I ask you is because, you know, we have a dual campus, Brownsville and Edinburgh. So it, I'm, I'm expecting a tug of war here between both areas to see who gets the stadium. But either way, uh, you're on record. Edinburgh wants it. The city wants it. We'll see where you guys push uh, for this. Thank you, Mayor, for your time. Amito Garza, our mayor for Edinburgh. News Talk 710 KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news. On News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have an active shooter, multiple gunshot victims. In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. Water level at the watershed, Amistad Falcon, slowly crawling up. Sonny Inojosa joining us again. He's with one of our local irrigation districts. Okay, Sonny, most recent report, what do you see? The most recent report has some very good news. You know, uh, the Mexican reservoirs, they have six out of their 11 reservoirs on the treaty tributaries that are either at 100% or greater. Good. And... Probably one of the most important ones, uh, Luis Leon, that's the lowermost reservoir on the Rio Conchos, and it's at 132%. Ah. And as of <laughs> yesterday, yesterday they were releasing 10,000 cubic, cubic feet per second, so that water will hit the Rio Grande, and when it does, you know, we're entitled to one-third of those flows. So that's real positive. Very good. So might uh, there be other releases for uh, some of the um, you know, branches back to the, uh, to the Rio Grande? There should be, you know, like I said, that's the lowermost reservoir, and, okay. and there's four reservoirs upstream of that, that or five actually, that are at 100% or greater. So that's a real positive. Uh, now, their biggest reservoir, Boquilla, you know, that's still at 66%, but uh, other reservoirs are full. They're releasing water from those reservoirs. So that, that's a, it'll make a huge impact for us. Uh, if, if those flows continue, so uh, everything's looking positive. 
you know, Amistad continues to come up and so does Falcon. You know, we're using, uh, you know, the mid-August report as, as a benchmark. Uh, that's when we were hitting our lowest. And, you know, Amistad's come up over 13 feet and Falcon's come up over six and a half feet. So, uh, yeah, the reservoirs have gained over 450,000 acre feet in, in the last uh, three weeks. So that's real good. And, of course, you already know that the, the U.S. is at you know, 23.81%, uh, which is a little over 800,000 acre feet, which is a lot better from our low point of 20.69%. We got really close to the so, all-time low. Um, Sonny Hinojosa, GM for Hidalgo County Irrigation District Number 2, our guest. Sonny, Tim Sullivan here. Did northern Mexico get that much rain to fill up those reservoirs because if i refresh my memory but weren't those reservoirs pretty dry they were all in the 20 to 30 percent capacity and and it's incredible how much they have filled yes. in the last three weeks that is amazing they, they've, they've continued to get rainfall so it's been a real positive note for for mexico and eventually it'll help us as well yeah, and I guess from all the rain that we got, too, on, on this side of the border, those inflows, I mean, we're still seeing inflows. How long do you expect those inflows to uh, keep boosting up our reservoirs? Well, you know, like a, Luis Leon is at 132%. You know, Mexico, I mean, all reservoirs have a conservation capacity, and then they have a flood pool. So obviously they're evacuating some of that flood pool in anticipation of more water coming in. So as long as those flows continue, you know, on the Mexican side, we get one third of the we get one third credit for those flows. So hopefully, you know, we'll be up in the twenty five percent ownership in the international reservoirs <laughs> in the next week or two. <laughs> That'll work. It gives, I guess, for it now. gives us a few months, <laughs> yeah. I guess, to breathe. <laughs> Going into the fall, cooler temperatures, less evaporation. I guess not much irrigation taking place. As far as the distribution of any of this water, Sonny, what does that do to you on the business side, especially for growers? What, what are you looking at? Yeah, right now with the local rainfall, uh, you know, things are pretty slow. Uh, we're still irrigating, but just not, you know, that great of a capacity. So as long as we keep our use down and, and these inflows keep coming in, uh, things are, are looking good. You know, we're still, like I said, 23.81% of our ownership. Hopefully we'll hit 25% uh, with the next report and we still need to get somewhere in the you know 38 to 44 percent to feel comfortable for next year that's quite a bit of rain that we're going to need between now and the end of the year uh, man 25 percent we're barely at the trigger point when it comes to conservation um, that's true mandates for cities true, and but water at least district. we're not going we're not going downhill from there yeah 10-4 um and again, how many more days for all the rain in West Texas, in Mexico, the releases? And, you know, we did see a lot of rain this past weekend in West Texas, Del Rio area and the Big Bend area. How many days until we we finally say, okay, we counted all the water that came in from all the branches, all the little tri tributaries from Texas side and Mexico side? What would you say, one more week? After the rains diminish, it'll take a week to for all that water to come into the system and get, and be accounted for. Okay. So yeah, we're looking at you know mid mid September we before we find out you know what impact uh, these rains had and hopefully the rains you know don't stop. Yeah, we can only hope that that's the case. If um, when we do cross twenty five percent, we'll be slightly over twenty five percent. 
what would you like the cities to do as far as water conservation and keep it until what 30 percent or uh, wait and hang on just a little bit and see if we can get a little bit more rain i mean obviously you have no say in this but you know in the ideal yeah. situation what would you prefer to see we we always appreciate their their help um you know most i think most trigger points are at 25 percent yep. so um yeah, I mean, anything they could do to help agriculture would greatly be appreciated. All right. Thank you, Sonny. Sonny Nojosa, our GM for Idaho County Irrigation District Number 2. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Headed to the coast now at the Rio Grande Valley port of Brownsville. Ed Campinano is the director of Our Port. And Ed, in the new uh, the newsletter for the month of September, I understand that foreign trade zone number 62 reclaims the national number two ranking when it comes to the value of all exports. Tell folks, who is FTZ number 62 and why we hit number two again? Okay, well, good morning, everyone. I hope you're having a great morning, day. Morning, Chief. Uh, FTZ number 62 is a uh, uh, foreign trade zone granted to the Port of Brownsville. And there's multiple participants in that. And uh, this not only facilities at the port, but we also have some other locations. Uh, for example, the Brownsville International South Padre Bravo International Airport has a designation a presence there. Same thing with Port Airport in Harlingen. We have the NAFTA Park here uh, in the area of of the uh, of the uh, uh, port. We also have the Harlingen Industrial Park has a designation, and the Finza Park in in uh, Los Indios. So it makes up um, uh, companies who participate in the foreign trade zone. And essentially what it represents is really it kind of documents the movement of goods not only into this country but also out of the country. And for us, as far as foreign trades on number 62, we consistently rank in the top for the value of exported commodities. And so uh, this this year uh, we increased the substantially over 2020 uh, uh, to a total of $5.2 billion in exported goods out of those participating entities. Uh, that have a uh, foreign trade zone designation. Uh, we also ranked in the top 20, uh, actually was, I believe, number 18, or number uh, four, the value of imported commodities, and that was a little over $4 billion. So I think it just speaks to, you know, essentially, you know, the, the incoming and outgoing of, of commodities out of this region. Uh, McAllen also uh, is listed in the top uh, 25 of exports. So, mm. you know, uh, the, you know, the Valley is long been in the cross-border, uh, business, uh, supporting an integrated economy with Mexico. And then this is just exemplifies the, um, I think the, the, the value of the logistics, uh, capabilities of the region to be able to move, 
cargo you know, and, and commodities back and forth. And so, uh, you know, this bodes well for the region. I know these areas, like, as you mentioned, Brownsville, McAllen, foreign trade zones, ranking very high when it comes to exports. But in, in the recent climb in, in prices, energy, and everything else, it seems, Ed, did that play uh, a role in the uh, the climbing and, and the rankings where everything costs more? Well, there you go. There's the dollar value that's going to increase yeah, what we yeah. export. Well, one of the things we have seen in the last couple, two, three years, and certainly again this past report, is uh, LNG as a uh, uh, as a significant commodity for export. You know, Chenier Energy Partners uh, is the number one entity as it relates to uh, foreign exports. Uh, you also have energy uh, listed in a lot of uh, a lot of these companies. So, you know, that continues to be a, a, a big a big part of of the FTZ and. Of course, we have multiple terminals here at the Port of Brownsville, uh, uh, which are uh, have FTC designations. So, you know, same thing happens here. Uh, you know, quite a, an interesting mix of of commodities that, that move through the FTC. You know, we have listed, for example, uh, I mentioned, uh, you know, petroleum products or energy-related machinery, iron, steel, textiles, footwear, leather goods, and fiber materials. Uh, so there's also commodities that you know are coming in, you know, that are already uh, being designated for foreign export. Uh, we at the port, obviously, you know, play a big role in the refined product market. Steel, obviously, as well, uh, iron, and and those commodities come here in bulk. Uh, but then you also have finished products that are coming to the region, and then they're being exported as well. Ed Campidano, director of the Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville, check out the article. Uh, the latest newsletter uh, for the September issue, and you can get that at portofbrownsville.com. Subscribe for that. $5.2 billion in exports. We're number two as far as foreign trade zones that are exporting $5.2 billion. Uh, if and when that day comes when we get a real deal a liquefied natural gas node, an exporting node at the port, might that bump us up to number one in exports? Could very well. Right. Good, very well, and, and obviously that is all designated for export. Uh, and keep in mind, uh, these are companies that you know are in the foreign trade zone designation. That doesn't necessarily cover everybody who's at the port. I'll give you an example. You know, we have we're we're targeted to export about 4.2 million tons of steel slab. You know, that is not designated for foreign trade zone. So. So you still have a significant amount of commodities also, uh, you know, worth billions of dollars that are coming through the port. These are just those companies that are uh, have sought foreign trades on designation, and we only have about a dozen of them. So hmm. if you begin to look at what, what potentially could be others, uh, LNG is, is, is obviously going to be a, a large one. Yeah, it's very well that, you know, this region could rank number one in the nation. We, we've, we've been number one in the past, and... And uh, okay. there's no indication to say that we couldn't do it again. And what are the advantages to be to declaring yourself part of an FTZ? Uh, you you essentially uh, you can save on on the having to pay duties on imported. You know, this is commodities that either come in bond or uh, that come in um, land here and then turn around and are just simply exported. And in our case, all of this stuff is going to Mexico. So these these commodities are not altered. They're not used for a manufacturing process here, uh, things of that nature. So it's it's really kind of like a pass through. Uh, you're coming. Uh, you know, we we call it in transit. 
uh, we receive it here, it just lands here, then turns around and gets transloaded uh, for foreign exports. So uh, they can take advantage of not having to pay uh, any duties on those commodities simply because they're not going to be used for local consumption, they're not going to be altered, they're not part of our manufacturing process or things of that nature. And you said, again, I heard you right, steel, all the coils and rolls on it, that, those dollars are not ta- uh, tabulated into no, this not, fi- 5. No, 2. not in, in many cases. Those are not included wow. in the FTC uh, designation, but uh, yeah, they could be. There, there could yeah. be instances okay. where uh, if they're going to store them here I, for any amount of time, uh, that could occur. Yes, sir. I got less than a minute. Let's, let's say 30 seconds. Latest up, liquefied natural gas, final investment decision. You still gambling. We'll get a decision favoring us before the end of 2022? The the indications we keep receiving is that FID will be made uh, before the end of the year. Okay. So uh, that, that... that has not changed in in the uh, uh, in the publications of uh, anything coming out of Rio Grande LNG. So uh, we'll uh, we stick to that. All right, keep working for it. Thank you, Chief Ed Campirano, All right, Director of Rio Grande Valley Port of Brownsville. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710K URV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.